The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Welcome to the first Capital Weekly Podcast of the new year. I'm John Howard. I'm joined by Bill McGavern of the Coalition for Clean Air. Hello, Bill. Good morning and Happy New Year. And Tim Foster, Capital Weekly, and we're all here to talk about clean air. Hopefully we have some clean air left. I was going to ask Bill about what to expect as a clean air pro. What are we looking for in 2018? What do you think is going to be happening in terms of regulation or anything else you see coming? Well, I think in some ways uh, 2018 will be the year of the truck in the air quality world. Uh, We have some important legislation that proposes to finally bring trucks into a smog check program. Can I interrupt you and say this is federal legislation or state legislation? No, this is, this is state. This is uh, Senator Connie Leva has a bill, SB 210, and it would, for the first time, require that heavy-duty diesel trucks be subject to an inspection and maintenance program similar to the types that California drivers are familiar with when we have to get our cars smogged. Yeah. And they've never been subject to this before. I thought, I don't know, sometimes I see the CHP, those are safety checks, I guess, but they... I see them pulling the trucks over, but they've never had to go through this like we've had. No, I mean, there is a test for what's called opacity. Basically, Mm -hmm. if a truck is emitting heavy black smoke, then it's in violation, and CHP can enforce that. They also can enforce the rules requiring that trucks be uh, having a diesel particulate filter or have a modern enough engine to qualify under California's diesel truck rules. So we do have some rules, but they don't include an inspection and maintenance program to make sure that the exhaust system is performing the way it's supposed to. And so that's crucial. If the Trump administration doesn't like that, those kinds of inspections, can they, can they trump California, so to speak, or do we have leverage here? Uh, on that kind of inspection, California has its own authority, but there are some other important rules that call California needs where we do need some cooperation from the Trump administration, and and that obviously is not looking good. So for example, next month, the Air Resources Board will be considering a rule on greenhouse gas emissions from trucks. And the Trump administration is already moving to roll back an Obama administration standard on trucks. So California will seek to exercise our own authority under the Clean Air Act to have uh, an emission standard that is tighter than the federal standard and that will create more conflict, state-federal uh-huh. conflict. And we're looking at that also in clean cars, where the Obama administration and California and the automakers had an agreement to decrease greenhouse gas emissions and air pollution from new cars to increase the miles per gallon. The Trump administration is now in the process of rolling back those standards. California has said, we're not going backward, we're going forward. And that will probably go to court and we're also always on the lookout for the Trump administration and or Republicans in Congress trying to take away California's authority under the U.S. Clean Air Act, which we have to set a standard that's actually tighter than the federal standard. And the other 49 states then have a choice. They can go with the weaker national standard or opt into California's standard. And we've got a dozen other states that are going with the California standard, so that sets up a major conflict. Are they in the Northeast or in the West or everywhere? Mostly in, in the Northeast, uh-huh. um, some in the West, and 
we're hoping that after this year's elections, uh, more states might want to opt into the cleaner standards. Well, I saw the EPA uh, director, Pruitt, Scott Pruitt, announced a couple months ago, two or three months ago, I think, that he wanted to roll back Obama-era clean air regulations. Is that something that's happened already? Is that a factor? Does that have to go through a legislative process there or here? Or? Pruitt is in the process of rolling back a number of important Obama-era clean air standards. And uh, on some of those, he's been sued. Uh, and, and he lost on one where he wanted to delay a smog standard. Oh, okay. Um, but he's already moved to repeal the Clean Power Plan, which was to cut down on greenhouse gas emissions from coal-burning power plants, essentially. We don't have coal-burning power plants in California, but nationally it's very important uh, to make that move away from dirty power and to cleaner power. So uh, there, there are a number of different fronts on which Trump and Pruitt are really trying to give gifts to their friends, the polluters in the fossil fuel industry, at the expense of the health of the American people. Can they, can they um, cut off funding for infrastructure, cut off funding, sewer funding, for example? This used to be a, a tactic of the federal government, obey us, or you run the risk of losing funding, federal funding for any variety of projects. Is that, are you hearing that they're doing that now, or is that a thing of the past? Trump made some threats against California. They haven't really followed through on that directly, but we have seen, for example, in the new tax law, mm -hmm. that they are choosing to reward the states that are politically friendly to Trump and to punish those states that are not politically sympathetic yeah. to Trump. So that's always a concern. And in general, there is an underfunding of infrastructure and of enforcement and, and we are seeing the effects of that on California's air and water. Do you think the electric car, uh, the culture out here, it's strong in California. It seems to be getting stronger, but um, I guess Tesla's got a, a, a backlog uh, that they haven't filled, requests that they haven't filled for half a million cars, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, what, what happens now with electric cars in terms of our clean air? Are we going to see more of this, more people buying electric cars, more popularity, or...? Well, we definitely need to electrify transportation in order to reduce emissions. And the state of California is committed to that. About half the electric cars that have been sold in this country have been sold in California. Wow, really? And I, I think that we'll continue to have a strong market in this state. I think the market is starting to take off in other states. It will be very interesting to see whether Tesla can ramp up production of its new Model 3 to meet that demand. General Motors also has an electric car, the Chevy Bolt, which goes over 200 miles on a charge and wow. is, is affordable. So, um, Do you have a sense of how many electric cars are on the road in California? Uh, it's over 200,000. And that's California. in perspective how, how many cars are in the road total? Oh, uh, probably close to our population. I mean, it's probably around 40 million or something. Wow. So, okay. yeah, we got quite a ways to go. Uh, and I think we'll see in the next couple of years the Air Resources Board setting a goal that by 2030 we'll have over 4 million electric cars on the road wow. in California. So we, we need to ramp that up, and that's, again, where we're going right now in conflict with the federal government. But um, I think in the future we will see the whole country coming around to the need for cleaner cars. I think they'll follow California's 
lead. I mean, on, on some air quality and anti-pollution stuff, they have, and they look to California for leadership. Absolutely. We've seen that in the past, and I think we will see that uh, again after we get past this pro-polluter Trump administration. Do you see, uh, in California, we, we have Republicans in California, we have Democrats. Uh, do you see the same distaste for air quality regulation among our Republicans as you see in what seem to be virulently anti-pollution control in, among Republicans in other states. Do we have a different kind of Republican out here? Well, you know, I make a distinction between the Republican voters and their elected officials mm -hmm. because if you look at the public opinion surveys, most Republican voters are in favor of protecting our air and our water, but if you look at most of the Republicans we get here in the state legislature, they tend to be more in tune with their donors. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a few exceptions, and of course when Schwarzenegger was governor, he was active on climate and air issues, and he was a different kind of Republican. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm hopeful... You can say that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there, was, there was no question about that. Um, I, I'm hopeful that we will see an evolution among California Republicans so that they're more open to the, the kinds of measures that we need to take to clean up our air here in California. California's ARB uh, predates the US EPA. And so it has sort of a has sort of a cachet. It's got a historical gravitas, I think, that other agencies don't have across the country that deal with this stuff. Uh, does that translate into more clout for California when we deal with these air quality issues? And well, it absolutely does. And I'll give you an example. Um, when Volkswagen cheated, uh, and violated air pollution standards with their diesel cars, the California Air Resources Board was the government agency that was most involved in, in catching them. Yeah. And so then when it came time for Volkswagen to pay up, California will be benefiting from hundreds of millions of dollars in settlement funds from Volkswagen, which we will then put towards cleaning up engines and vehicles, getting dirty ones off the road and, and getting clean advanced technologies onto the road. And you mentioned California's historical role. It happens that the Air Resources Board is turning 50 next month. Wow. Oh, wow. And so Good you'll be, story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got a story. <laughs> you, you, you'll be hearing about that. They, they have uh, celebration plans in February uh, and here at the, at the Air Resources Board headquarters, and UC Davis is holding a symposium, so they'll, they'll definitely be marking that. 50th anniversary. And of course, as, as you know, the agency was created under Ronald Reagan, so there is a history of bipartisan support in California for cleaning up our air. And the EPA was created under Richard Nixon, so yeah. the Republican uh, roots and, and air quality control are pretty strong. And our landmark Global Warming Solutions Act, AB 32, was signed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Although he's kind of a Republican. So yeah, I mean, he threatened to veto it right up until he signed it, but that didn't prevent <laughs> him from taking credit for it after he did sign it. You know, just on a sort of a tangent here, was the cap-and-trade, my memory is cap-and-trade was an executive order after the legislation. It wasn't part of the original, was it part of the original bill? You, it's complicated. So AB 32 authorizes but does not require the Air Resources Board to adopt a market mechanism, which is the way cap-and-trade yeah. is described. You're right that after he signed that, Schwarzenegger basically told Air Resources Board through an executive order, I want you to adopt cap-and-trade, and they did, 
when Jerry Brown came in, uh, I was actually one of those who asked him to look into other ways of reducing emissions in place of cap and trade, but he instead became a major supporter of cap and trade and was instrumental in its reauthorization last year, as you know. Has, has it been replicated anywhere else in other states? or? Uh the Northeast states have a limited cap-and-trade that applies only to the electric power okay. sector. Yeah. Um, the, the European Union has a system that actually predated ours. China has just said that it's going to do a cap-and-trade system. So I, I think we will start to see more replication and maybe even some other states in this country linking up with California's system. Um, we have a couple Canadian provinces now, but but really, the idea that Schwarzenegger had 10 years ago that everybody was going to follow California into yeah. cap and trade, we certainly haven't seen it so far. Is there any, I mean, what's your take? Why is that? Why, why did more people maybe get on the boat? Or uh, um, they, still like, they don't like California? They don't like the way we do things? Or maybe it's... Well, I'll tell you, for, for Coalition for Clean Air, we think we have much better ways of reducing our emissions uh, rather than trading them. Mm -hmm. And if we look at the clean car standards that we've talked about, or California has been very successful in setting standards for buildings and appliances and fuels, we've been able to reduce emissions that way, whereas trading emissions introduces a lot of uncertainty and often some inequity. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one reason why others haven't adopted, but I think it's also that with the elections of 2010, there was a swing to the right and you had a lot of states falling under the control of conservative Republican governors and they said, no, we're not interested. I just saw the other day that, uh, or I guess it was yesterday, that Rick Perry wanted to put nuclear power and coal power in front of, in terms of subsidies, as industries to protect them in front of other kinds of power. And he, he got laughed out by FERC. Uh, it, it, it's a terrible idea. Um, I hope that FERC continues to, to laugh it away. Yeah. And it was interesting because it united in opposition such unlikely opponents as the oil and gas industry and the environmental movement. <laughs> yeah. Because the only people that would have benefited from this are the coal and nuclear industries the ratepayers around the country would have been paying extra to prop up these dirty, failing, expensive old industries. And that's the kind of Secretary of Energy Rick Perry is. Yeah, okay. Uh, one last question. You, you look at the, uh, or you breathe the air around us now. Uh, how is it now in comparison to 10 years before, 15 years before? I mean, I've seen photos of L.A. from the 1930s where there was this brown miasma just settling on the roofs, you know. But I mean, now are we in better shape than we were before? The air in California is significantly cleaner than it was 20 or 30 years ago. Um, but we still have the most polluted air basins in the country are the Los Angeles area and the San Joaquin Valley. Uh, here in Sacramento, we're in the top 10 worst for smog. We still are far away from complying with the Clean Air Act. So we have a ways to go and, and we need to continue making progress, particularly in reducing the emissions that come from transportation, from our cars, trucks, trains, all the ways that we move people and goods around. Yeah. Okay. Bill McGavern, thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time and talking with us. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And this is John Howard saying thank you very much, and we'll catch you next time around.